Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two zany kids. That's my best descriptor this week for these people. <laughs> Wife of one. I'm here to share everything speech, language, play, development, and all that other stuff that falls in between. And guess what, y'all? Last week, I said we were going to get into the June topics, but guess what? There were five Sundays in the month of May, and so today, I'm going to be covering all of that bonus material, and it makes perfect sense because I've been working on self-care, us, the world changers, making sure that we're good, and now it is nothing but befitting to make sure that our sugars are good as well. And I've been getting all kinds of questions and I wanted to cover uh, just a few of them that kind of stuck out to me. And so that's what we're going to do today. And it's going to range from navigating during social events and language questions and speech questions and academic questions and the whole nine. So let's do this, y'all. I cannot wait. So question number one came from a parent of a toddler who's maybe around 26 months. Now, mind you guys, I'm not giving names, pronouns, none of that stuff because I like to keep everyone protected. And that way you can feel like you have a safe space to send your questions in without wondering, is all your business going to be out on the street and are people going to be able to find you? None of that's going to happen here. So you're going to hear me using a lot of they or this in maybe a very general age, but just know that every question is going to be tailored to toddlers because that's most of the questions that I get because guess what? I love my little sugars and that's who I see most of the time. So this is from different parents from different places who are asking this stuff, all right? So first question, navigating social events. How do I navigate taking my sugar to social events when I shush them, they become louder. And when I take them out of the, the environment or whatever it is that we're doing, they make a scene. What can I do? Oh my gosh, world changer. That is not only a great question, but a question that we've all been there. This is with a typically developing child or atypically developing child. Like if you have a sugar, at some point, they are going to challenge what we consider is appropriate for social standards. And culturally, that changes. All of those things change. But we can set ourselves up to have a few things in place and in mind when we're teaching this stuff. So it's pretty normal for toddlers at this point to challenge you guys to challenge parents to challenge world changers. Why? Because they're still trying to figure things out. And so it's natural for you to get the response of a louder response when you go, shh. even when you go, shh, think about it. That is one of the loudest ways that you can hush somebody up. And not only that, everybody can hear. Um, <laughs> if it's in an extremely quiet place, everybody is seriously going to hear that shh, just because of the nature of that sound. So that would be the first thing I would do would be to kind of take away using shh, um, when trying to quiet sugar and maybe ask sugar, quiet voice, please. Everybody around us is using quiet voice. 
Let's use quiet voice. If they're not using the quiet voice or they get louder or they keep talking or they keep talking over you or they make a scene, that's when you can give them the language of what's going to happen. If you keep talking loud, I'm going to take you out. If you're loud, we go. And you give them that option. So instead of just like pulling them away or trying to shush them or trying to negotiate with them in a very particular moment, because remember, in quiet places or in social places, in certain scenarios, everybody can hear. And so you want to err on the side of caution. And sugar knows at this age and at this point, they still feel your emotions. So if you're feeling a little bit embarrassed, guess what they're going to do? embarrass you a little bit more. And so again, this just goes back to lay down what you expect from them, but in a way that they can understand it without using the shh. Because I've even heard little sugars come back to the parent and be like, shh, like shit to you. And and then it becomes a shushing match. So you don't want to do that. The goal is to de-escalate while modeling what it looks like to be in this social scenario. Or you can even tell them if they're a talker and they don't quite understand what the point is or what they should be doing in that moment, you can give them a direct statement, quiet voice. All done talking, quiet voice. And that's when you really wanna be direct with them and tell them what you expect from them. So that way you're not taking them out and then it doesn't become a habitual thing because then guess what you put yourself at risk for a world changer. If you're in a social situation and sugar doesn't wanna be there, then guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna behave their way out of it to where you have to take them out the room. So you just wanna find a way to where you're able to keep them there, keep them quiet and find that direct language that works for you guys and that's fitting for you guys to make sure that they are hanging in there and that you're hanging in there. Breathe it out, don't stress out because as soon as your shoulders start going like this, guess what? It's gonna fall apart. So thank you for your question, world changer. Second question. This is a language question. And this is a really interesting question. I can't wait to get into this one. My sugar doesn't talk. They said child, but I'm gonna call them sugar because you know here, we say sugars. My child doesn't talk, my sugar doesn't talk, but when they are watching TV or looking at the iPad, I hear them repeating words. How can I help them talk? Great question. Um, so generals just, let's just put it out there. As far as TV time and iPad time, I hope Little Sugar isn't getting more than 60 minutes a day. And that's mixed between TV time and iPad time. I'm really hoping they're not getting more than that. The reason being is because during this time, during this age, that face-to-face contact, that face-to-face communication, the reciprocity, the nonverbal communication, the language building, all of those things are happening at that time. Not only are they happening at that time, but we're modeling what it's supposed to look like. And so if sugar is imitating and more comfortable imitating what they hear on the iPad or the TV, a few things may be going on. One, the expectations for imitating and using language may be overwhelming. If you are accidentally putting them in a position to where you're putting pressure on them to communicate, say this, say that, do this, do that. And you're constantly asking them to imitate and scaffolding them to say what you say 
then you've kind of taken away the reciprocity that happens with natural language, which then can be a little bit off-putting for some sugars. It doesn't happen with all sugars, but for some sugars, this is a thing. Like they just don't want that stress or that demand, especially if they're a sluggish speaker. And what I mean by a sluggish speaker is it may be hard for them to get the words out. They may need a little bit more time to think about what they need to say in order to say it. Um, and before they're saying it. And so if that's the case, we want to err on the side of caution of telling them to say things and to do things. And guess what? When they're watching TV, none of the characters on TV are asking them to say or do anything. It naturally happens. And so I want you to take that approach with Little Sugar. Next time you're communicating with them, try not to put the pressure on them when communicating, but just naturally give them the chance to respond back or to even communicate with you and try not to guess at what they want. Let them speak for themselves. Even if it's not 100% clear, but you understood the gist of it, then let them do that. Give them the word back or the words back so that way they can hear it. And if it wasn't 100% clear, then you're providing that verbal model for them that's going to help them in the future. The other thing I was thinking about when I saw this um, is that it's, it's really important. And I'm going to say this like in a way to where I want you to hear me, but be really, I want to be sensitive to how I say this. If you hear sugar saying words, but it's not necessarily directed to you or you overhear them imitating what's being said on TV or even sometimes in conversations, I want you to be very careful with saying they don't talk. Because once we get into the habit of saying they don't talk, well, the power of what comes out of our mouth, it starts to stick. And so if sugar is always hearing, I don't talk, I don't talk, I can't talk, then guess what's going to happen? They're not going to talk. They're not going to want to talk because you've now told them that they can't do it or they are not doing it pretty consistently and then they're not going to try with you. And so I want you to be extremely careful when you're saying they can't talk. If they've got some language and some vocabulary, guess what? They can talk. They may not know quite how to use that language. And so I want you to be extremely sensitive to that and also sit back and pay attention to how and when they're using language. If they're using it only when they want something from you, if they're using it only to describe things, if they're using it, if they feel comfortable describing things by themselves or commenting on things, or if it's a lot of negation, like, no, mine, stop, because they want to keep people out of their space. So I challenge you, world changer, to take the time and figure out how sugar is using language and then determine from there, how can you get in there and start helping them? Um, use language appropriately when it's time to communicate with you? That was a great question. Thank you for that. Question three. This is a speech question. Okay. In speech world changers in language, two different things. I know you guys probably are like, didn't you just answer a language question? No, I answered, or didn't you just answer a speech question? No, I answered a language question. Speech and language are two totally different things. Language is the vocabulary that sugar has. 
And it's also the stuff that they understand. If I say something to sugar, can they understand it and respond or carry out what I've, I've asked them to do? Expressive language, that's the, the piece to where they're using vocabulary to communicate their thoughts, their ideas, the stuff that they have to say, the stuff they want to comment on, the stuff they want to initiate, the stuff that they want to use, like greeting me, um, telling me no, asking questions. That's all expressive language. Speech, on the other hand, that's the sounds that we use to put together language. Every language has speech sounds that we put together that formulate language, the stuff that we use to communicate, the stuff that we understand. So speech is totally different. If I say the word cat for cat, guess what? The child has the word cat. They're just saying it wrong. That's a speech thing, cat. If that doesn't make sense, please check out um, the language milestone episodes and that'll give you a little bit more of an idea of like what language is, what speech is and how that all kind of breaks down. So back to the speech question. I've encouraged my sugar to talk, but now I can't understand what they're saying. Sometimes they try to talk to me, but I don't understand them. I feel bad. They're feeling frustrated. Is this normal? How can I help? This happens so often. Um, more often than what I think it, it, we talk about. Um, sugar starts picking up words. Some of the words aren't clearly articulated. That means that either a sound is missing or a sound is being substituted for another sound. It can happen at any part of the word, the beginning of the word or at the end of the word, going back to the cat word. And I love using cat for whatever reason, I love that word. But maybe cat becomes cat, right? And so as a result of that, if sugar starts putting more words together, and more of those words are part words or sounds are deleted or sounds are, are um, substituted for other sounds that don't necessarily belong in that word, it becomes increasingly difficult to talk. And so in this case, world changer, I can totally empathize for what you're going through because you've gone through the trouble of encouraging your sugar to talk. Now sugar's talking, but you can't understand what they're saying. And they're frustrated because you don't understand them. And they're like, hey, I'm doing what you told me to do. But on the other hand, you're like, hey, I, I asked you to do this thing and I don't even know what you're telling me. And now we're just like, ah. So this is what I would say. One, I want you to reach out to a speech pathologist and get an articulation assessment, a speech sound assessment, explain to them what's going on. Sugar's talking, I can't understand them. They're trying to use language. I just don't understand their speech. Be specific to let them know what's going on so they can help you. Encourage that speech pathologist to provide you a language sample. A language sample is simply when they take the words and they write them down the way that Sugar is saying them. Not necessarily the language, but the way that they're using their speech. Because what you need, world changer, is to understand their speech pattern and understand how they're putting together their speech for language purposes, right? And so they are speaking, they are trying to use language, it's just not quite understandable. In the meantime, before you get there, what I want you to do is start asking sugar to show you. When they tell you the words, show you. Have them show you what it is that they're getting at. 
Because sugar at this age should be super motivated to show you whatever it is that they want before you guys get to meltdown mode. And avoid asking them to say it again and again and again, because that's another way that you're going to get complete meltdown, right? Sugar's going to start falling apart. Why? Because nobody wants to be asked over and over and over again what they're saying. It's frustrating. It's not fun. It can be a little bit annoying. And so that's why you guys are probably a little bit at odds. But this time is the most important time for you guys to make sure that you guys are establishing strong social bonds. So whatever it takes for you to keep that relationship intact so they'll continue to communicate with you their thoughts and ideas, do it, right? Another thing that you can do, world changer, and I encourage this a lot, record them. Not like video record. I'm gonna grab my phone and show you what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to have the phone in their face like this. I don't want you to do that. Why? Because it's not natural. It creates a little bit of anxiety and it puts the pressure on sugar to make sure to make them feel like they have to perform in the moment. But what you can do, world changer, is take your smart device, click on the voice memo or the audio recording or whatever is it is on your device. Push the button casually and just let them talk. They don't even have to know. You can turn the phone completely over like this to where they don't have to know what's going on. At another time, review what was being said. Review it. Just listen to it. Collect a few samples like that to where they're talking and see if you can pick up on any words or any language patterns. This is where it becomes really important too to have face-to-face -face contact, eye contact, so you're seeing what they're doing. And the more that you see what they're doing and what they're grabbing at and what they're pulling at, the more you can pick up on this word is that. This is how they're putting together this word. I can give them the word back in the way to where they can understand it. Try not to communicate with them like this and they're over here and you're, oh, you're over there. Avoid that at all costs. Make sure that as much as possible, you guys are face-to-face -face and you can see exactly what's going on. So this is where the five to seven minutes a day of play gets extremely important because then you have that tailored time built into your day and your schedule to just really look at what sugar is doing and what's going on. Thank you for that question. All right, we got another language question in the house. Woo woo. All right, this world changer gave me the age to give you guys some context. When my 20 month, excuse me, when my 23 month year old talks to me, so that's close to two, they repeat the same words again and again. Even when I acknowledge them, the words are being repeated. What can I do to stop this? So that's another one that can cause frustration within the relationship. Um, world changes, if you notice the trend, a lot of this stuff that's going on, it happens a lot more often than, again, what we're talking about. But that's why I'm here to put this stuff out there on the table for you guys to be thinking about like, hey, is this happening to me? And oh, that's all I need to do? Cool. All right. It'll save a lot of headaches in your relationship with sugar. So there's nothing funnier. And I'm going to, I'm going to act this out for you of what this looks like. Cookie, 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 c
cookie, cookie, cookie. Yeah, you can have the cookie, 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 cookie. Yes, I heard you. I'm gonna get you a cookie, 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 cookie. That's what that looks like. So you can imagine how frustrating that can be, especially when you have acknowledged. Remember, we always talk about I send a message, which means I talk. Sugar listens. Sugar usually gives me a different response. But if you're giving the same response after you've given all the assurances that A, you understand and you heard them, B, you're going to come to the rescue and do whatever it is you want from them, or C, you've given them the response and it's still a no and they need to move on to something else, whatever it is, there's nothing more frustrating than them repeating that same word again and again. Chances are a few things is happening. Thing one, they may be building up language to where you understand a lot more than what you're able to do and what you're able to use, what you're able to say, what you're able to respond, especially at 23 months, because the language boom is really about to start happening. And so sugar is taking in all this stuff and may not have the wherewithal to be able to respond the way that is expected right? They may not have multiple words. They may have that one thing. There may be emphasis on that word, or it may just be a little bit of an impulsive thing. And that's the second thing that can be happening. So where if sugar is a little bit impulsive, then they might continue to repeat the same thing over and over and over again, even after you've provided the response. Because A, if they're impulsive, chances are they did not hear you because they were looped in their own thoughts. And so what I would do in that case would look, I would look directly at sugar and say, I hear your words. I'm going to get you a cookie. I would be direct. I would give them direct language in order to get them to calm down. All right. If you see their body kind of moving and you know, like the toddler wiggle that, that, toddler that just can't stop moving, giving gentle light touches and massages to them, that can also kind of help their body calm down so that way they can process the information that you're giving them. And so between those two things, that can be happening as well. There's one other thing that can be happening, and this may be for a sugar who has a diagnosis or a sugar who needs to be tested for a diagnosis. It could be also what we call perseverations. Perseverations is when your sugar repeats the same thing again and again and again, almost like they're getting looped into saying the same thing again and again and again. If that is happening across the board and you've tried these other strategies to where you're calming their body so they can attend to what you're saying and you now see that they have, you know, a little bit more language and can put more than one to two words together. And now they're putting two words together and they're still repeating the same thing again and again. Chances are they may be getting looped into perseverations and they need some support to help them. And that would go outside of speech and language therapy. We don't do developmental testing, but at the same time, we treat little sugars who have um, developmental delays um, an additional diagnosis that come along with, with that. And so after you try those things again and you see it's still happening, then I would reach out to my pediatrician, let them know what's going on so they can get in the loop. If they tell you to wait and see, 
insist that they don't make you wait and see. Okay, y'all? All right, question five. Oh my gosh, we're getting down to the bottom of it. We got two more questions. All right, this is a pre-academic question. What do I mean by pre-academic questions? Pre-academic is before academia. Teaching stuff that sugar is probably going to learn in school, but they can also learn it at home. Learn it at home before they go off to school. So pre-academia, before the age that they're ready to go to traditional school. This world changer wants to know, when do I start teaching my toddler colors? Fair question. Fair question. Completely fair question. I'm going to grab a problem. This is what I don't want you to do, world changer. What color is this? 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 Say it again. What color is this? No, it's not that color. It's this color. What's this color? Not very fun. Not fun at all. Please don't do that. And you're probably going to lose a little sugar too. So please, let's avoid that. When can you start teaching them colors? As soon as you start talking to them. Let's change up. Instead of asking, what color is this? I can take out a piece of paper. And I can say something to the effect of, oop, I've got green. I've got a green marker and here is a purple marker for you. You get it to sugar. Mommy made a green dot. Ooh, I love your purple dot. Oh my gosh, that is a very cool purple dot. And you see this is all totally written on, but don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> the gist of it is, is that we want to do things in a way to where we're teaching the information without drilling for the information. Drill play is not fun. And think about it like this, or drill learning is not fun. Think about it like this. It's much more meaningful and much more impactful if I wake up in the morning and during our morning routine, I say to you, hey, sugar, I've got on my black shirt. You're going to wear your blue shirt today. Let's put on your red socks and your green hat. Chances are, if they're hearing that over and over and over and over and over again, then it's going to be so much more meaningful and impactful because now they've made a connection with it. Now they've connected to this information and this information makes sense to their world. So when it's time for them to start using language, guess what? It's going to come natural for them to say and to distinguish the difference between the red and the blue. What color crayon do you want to color with, little sugar? Green one, orange one, red one. And you're more likely to get a response in that way versus drilling. And it also takes the pressure off of you feeling like I'm an awful teacher because they didn't get it the first 50 times. It doesn't make you an awful teacher. But if you're talking about it and you're making it meaningful, then they're probably going to get that information a lot faster and in a lot more of a fun way and in a way to where you guys are able to connect a little bit more. They're more willing to hang out with you a little bit longer because think about this too, world changer. If you're drilling for information and imagine I'm drilling with cards or drilling with markers or drilling with whatever puzzle pieces, 
whatever I'm drilling with. If sugar is out of there after 30 seconds, then guess what? That means 30 seconds is the longest they're going to attend to that thing, which means that if I keep reinforcing that, then now I'm impacting their, their attention and their focus. But if I'm sitting down and I'm doing with them and I'm talking about things with them and it's fun for them and it's fun for me, because I can say I'm going to put the square in, I'm going to put the red square in, it's your turn, you put the green one in, or you tell me what you're going to put in. That's when we connect. It's interactive. It's fun. They like that a lot more. I like it a lot more. And chances are, world changer, you'll probably like it a lot more that way. So I would say start teaching colors, but just make sure that it's in a way that's fun and meaningful and impactful and something that you can incorporate throughout the day. You can be out on the road and be talking about car colors or car shapes for that matter. Cars have so many shapes. Oh my gosh, that car looks so square. Now you're building up their imagination. And so by doing it that way, you're expanding so much more than what they would be getting if you're just asking for concrete information. And the teachers are gonna love you all the more for it when it's time for them to go to school because guess what? Sugar now can describe. That's gonna be huge when it's time for them to start reading and writing because now they've had that expanded vocabulary because they've been talking to you and you've been talking to them. And when it's time to put that onto paper and to read about it and to write about it, they're already gonna be a step ahead of the game. Thanks for that question. Now, one more thing about that too that I wanna add. Yes, I, I, I am ranting about this in a little bit. Bear in mind for my sugars who may have, who are neurodivergent or may have gaps in milestones. Maybe sugar was born with something to where we know that learning may take a little bit more time. That is a great way building it into our everyday language to ensure that we're giving them multiple opportunities to master that same information without feeling like, oh my gosh, my sugar may not be getting this information. They may not be able to learn this way. They may not be able to do that. Make it fun for them. It's all in what you make it and don't limit sugar. Just keep tugging at it, pulling at it and insisting that it happens. Have fun with that world changers. I'd love to hear your strategies. Final question of the day. Dun, 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 dun. This is the curtain call. This is a pragmatic question. A pragmatic question has to do with social skills, social engagement, how I communicate and interact with the world around me. My sugar always argues with me. If I tell him to do something, he replies, I don't listen or no. It is starting to impact my relationship with my spouse because we have very different parenting styles. What can I do? So world changers, this one is, is near and dear to my heart because language is such an important thing. Social language is how we get by. The words that we send to each other, the messages that we send to each other. Not only does it impact our relationships with our spouses, but it impacts our relationship with our sugars around us. And because we're the first models, whatever they're going to get from home is what they're going to take out into the community. And so some time ago, I did an episode called The United Front or a United Front. 
Um, world changer, I encourage you and your spouse to listen to that episode. But to answer the question today, my response to my sugar dictates how they're going to respond to me. If I am defensive or short, and everybody, world changers, everybody has a day to where it's just not a great day. Like last week was a week and I was probably a little bit more short than what I normally am, but it's not my norm. And my sugars know that and we talk through those kinds of days. But in this case, if this has become the norm to where the responses are always short or now we're going tit for tat or we're always at each other's necks, then it's time for the world changer to check what we're modeling rather than saying my sugar does this or my sugar does that because sugar is learning from us. And granted, there are some cases where sugar just comes with some behaviors that are not typical for dad or mom. And that happens. And so I'm not, I'm not placing any blame on anyone, but I'm saying that sometimes we have to check how we're responding. We have to check what we're modeling. Heck, we even have to check how we are communicating with our spouses. If we're communicating with our spouse and we're short, Guess how sugar is going to pick up on that? Why? Because even if you as the world changer are 100% nice and sweet as pie towards sugar, they're watching what you're doing with, with dad. They're watching what you're doing with grandma. They're watching how you're communicating with the world around them. And that's what they're going to pick up on and that's what they're going to do. And so it's, it's important for you world changers to make sure that you and your parenting partner get on the same page. Even if you don't agree on everything, I'm yet to find the couple that agrees on everything. Even the split up couple, I'm yet to find the family that just agrees on everything. It's impossible, right? But we can agree to disagree sometimes. And in our agreeing to disagree, that doesn't mean we don't, we have to be dis- disrespectful or um, throw low blows or do things that are demeaning or humiliating or even dismissive towards another person's feelings. So we just want to watch what we're modeling. So this is what I would do. Back to the original question, because your question really was about what can I do when my sugar always argues with me? I would say eject yourself out of the conversation. What do I mean by that? If sugar is arguing, then I'm imagining that there was some kind of demand being placed on sugar. And if there was a demand being placed on sugar and they don't want to follow through with that demand, that's when, guess what? You and your parenting partner who are on the same page with disciplinary methods are like, first, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do that. Or I know you don't want to, but I need you to. Thank you. I would eject myself from the back and forth and the banter and the talking back. No, thank you to talking back. We don't talk back to adults. I've asked you to do this. And we also even want to be careful in that because we don't want it to end up being a power struggle to where sugar feels like their thoughts and ideas aren't being heard. And so we want to like edge, ebb on ebb and flow on like a fine line with what we're modeling and what we're requesting. Maybe we change up the language. May you do this. La, 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 la. May you do that. I don't want to. Well, 
I need you to do this first, and then you can do that. If that doesn't work, that's when we use our hand over hand method to help them follow through with what it is that they've asked you to do. If it then becomes a meltdown, then I would leave them to the meltdown, wait for them to calm down like a big boy, big girl. And then once they have calmed down like a big boy or big girl, then go to them and have them follow through with what was originally asked. Don't do it for them. Don't pick up the slack for them. Get them to the place to where they're following through. And you can acknowledge that it was hard for them to follow through and that you appreciate their following through. Because if it's always a no or I don't want to, then again, you're right. It's going to end up in an argument. The other thing I would think about too is um, how often are they getting demands to do things and is that being balanced out? Are we just talking to them and communicating with them about the stuff we don't love that they're doing? Or are we communicating with them about everything, about their day, about their thoughts, about their ideas? Are we only directing them and like redirecting them and getting frustrated at them? Like how are we communicating our thoughts and ideas to them? How are we articulating to them? How is dad articulating to them? Just be very careful with that. But I would say, I would get myself out of that argument by saying, I asked you to do it. I need you to do it. That's that. Don't let them deflect. Don't let them get away. Get yourself out of the conversation soon as they try to go back and forth with you and say, and just continue to reinforce that this is what I've asked you to do. This is what I've asked you to do. And sugars are smart. They will try to deflect and talk about something else. They will try to behave and do something else. And they'll try to do everything they can to get out of that moment. I would just say, stay firm, stay consistent, whatever your disciplinary strategy is, like if it just escalates to that, then enact that, right? But don't also be so punitive to the point to where sugar is feeling like I'm only being punished. I hope that makes sense. If you need some follow-up information about that, do not hesitate to email me. But that wraps it up for today, World Changers. That was some powerful stuff. You guys send me questions sometimes. I have a few that I'm still like researching. And I just want to make sure that I'm giving you guys good quality, practical tools to where as soon as this episode is over, you guys can use this stuff. And so there's a few other questions that we'll probably revisit in the future just to make sure. And if you want any clarity on any of the questions that I've asked today, or you want to expand that, feel free to email me questions at I've got this also, check out, check out our new website. I've got this kid.com. Check it out. Um, there you can find upcoming events, book releases. Um, you can get yourself a free ebook. Go there right now. Sign up. Be a part of the mailing list. Find out about new events. Find out about book releases. Find out about everything that you need to know in order to continue to connect, grow, and learn with your sugar. World Changers, that's all I've got for today. Please, please connect with me next week where we are going to be officially in the month of June and we're going to be talking, do as I say, not as I do. This is an episode that you World Changers do not want to miss and I cannot wait to see you guys there. Have a happy, wonderful Memorial Day. Enjoy yourselves, eat lots of watermelon, have lots of fun, go play outside, go connect with your sugars, y'all. Until the next time, take care.